Thank you, Susie. I needed that wake up this morning. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Isn't this fun? Yeah, this is cool. It just occurred to me as I was sitting there that there are three classes of Christians at the very top of the, uh, of the food chain. There are true Christians who come to the 11 o'clock service on Christmas Eve. There are truer Christians who come to worship on Christmas morning. Many of you have not yet opened your packages, I learned, from Santa Claus. And then the truest Christians of all are those who were here for four services yesterday and left the campus about 12.45 this morning, and some of us are back. So if I fall asleep in the middle of the sermon, don't wake me up. <laughs> Friends, it is our joy and privilege and pleasure to come to worship God on this day that we celebrate Jesus' birth into the world. Let us be called to worship then as we join in the responsive reading from Isaiah. A child has been born for us. Authority rests upon his shoulder and he is named Friends, let us worship God. We come this holy morning 
fresh from gift giving and warm breakfasts. We come to celebrate that peace and joy and hope and love has been born in the Christ child. So what does confession have to do with such a morning? Perhaps it's just a moment that we pause and remember that we are now the body of Christ in the world and we have much to do. Let's go to God in confession. Almighty God, who sent a star to guide the Magi to the Holy Child, Jesus, we confess that we have not followed the light of your word. We have not searched for signs of your love in the world or trusted good news to be good. We have failed to praise your son's birth and refused his peace on earth. We have expected little and hoped for less. Forgive our doubt and renew in us all fine desires so we may watch and wait and once more hear the glad story of our Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. There are two beloved carols that sum up this rhythm of our life in Christ. O come all ye faithful and go tell it on the mountain. So we have come as the faithful and worshiped in Bethlehem at the manger. And now we go out into the whole world to proclaim that in Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. May the peace of Christ be with you. Let's take a moment and greet our neighbors with a good morning, God bless, and pass the peace.
Friends, let's take an opportunity to learn just a little bit of news about what's going on in the life of the church today and in the days ahead. First of all, let me mention that at noon today, many of us will be at Mariner's Point Co. for the Branch Barbecue, which is a feeding program for the homeless. If you'd like something meaningful and wonderful to do today, we'll make sure that you have the directions. You can help serve food, pass out clothing, and uh, greet some of our folks who are celebrating Christmas in a little bit of a different context than the rest of us, but celebrating Christmas nonetheless. Next Sunday is 2023. And because it is New Year's Day, we will again have just one worship service at this 10 o'clock hour. And we're actually taking names of those who are here today. And if you show up next week, you have a better accommodations in heaven. We have that assured for you. <laughs> So next Sunday, January 1st at 10 a.m. The following week, the first week of the new year, our La Costa Glen and women's and men's Bible studies will all resume. Those of you who are here today are invited and encouraged, actually, to take a dozen poinsettias home with you after worship. Please feel free, whether you were one of those who provided them or not, would like to have all the poinsettias moved out of the sanctuary and other parts of the building, so don't be shy. Take them home with you and then try to keep them alive if you can for next Christmas. It can be done, I understand. We are celebrating, of course, the one gift that makes a difference in the entire world for all people at all times. We give gifts to each other at Christmas time to remember the gift of Christ, the gifts that were brought to him by the three magi, and then in a response to God, we give our gifts often, generously, to support God's work in the world. So as this next musical piece is being performed, I would encourage you, if you feel so led, to come to the offering baskets that are either side of the chancel and present your tithes and offerings to God this morning. See 
like to invite the Macintosh family forward for baptism. David and Joan Macintosh are here to present their children for the sacrament of baptism in the Church of Jesus Christ. And as we gather, we hear again these words of Jesus who said that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. Obeying the word of our Lord Jesus and sure of his presence with us, we baptize those whom he calls to be his own,
In Jesus Christ, God has promised to forgive our sins and joins us together in the family of faith, which is His church. He delivers us from darkness and transfers us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. In Jesus Christ, God promises to be our Father and to welcome us as brothers and sisters of Christ. And so, David and Joan, in presenting your children for baptism, you announce your faith in Jesus and you show that you want your children to study Him, to know Him, to love Him, and to serve Him as His chosen disciples. Now show your purpose by answering these questions. Who is your Lord and Savior? Do you trust in Him? And do you intend for your children to be His disciples, to obey His word, and to show His love? Our Lord Jesus Christ ordered us to teach those who are baptized. Do you, the people of the village church, promise to tell these children the good news of the gospel, to help them to know all that Christ commands, and by your fellowship to strengthen their family ties with the household of God? Do you? Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you for your faithfulness that is promised in this sacrament. And we thank you for the hope that we have in your Son, Jesus. As we baptize with water, baptize us with Holy Spirit, so that what we say may be your word and what we do may be your work. By your power, may we be made one with Christ our Lord in common faith and purpose. Amen. Who wants to go first? <laughs> you want to go first? You want to come with me, honey? What is your child's name? Andrea, this is water, and today it's warm water. Water is a beautiful symbol that we find throughout the whole Bible because it was God's Spirit that moved over the face of the waters to create the dry land as our home. It was God who delivered the Hebrew slaves through the waters of the Red Sea to find their freedom. And then those same people came through the waters of the Jordan River to enter the Promised Land. And so, Andrea Ingrid, I baptize you in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's okay. Andrea, I'm going to give you back to your dad for a minute. Good job. What is your son's name? Stephen Douglas Reagan. Come here, buddy. Come with us, Mom. You want to hold him? We're almost there. Stephen Douglas, I baptize you in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, we're going to try something here. Andrea, come with me. Andrea and Stephen. I want to introduce you to some of your new family. 
You have been born into a family that loves you, a family that has promised to teach you about the love of Jesus Christ. And now you have been welcomed and received into the family of the church. All of these folks have made a promise to pray for your parents, to encourage and strengthen them, and then to surround them with their wisdom and understanding and fellowship as all of us teach you about the love of Jesus Christ. It is our privilege and our pleasure to welcome you into the body of Christ today. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the gift of these two precious children. We thank you for the promise that they represent, and we thank you especially for your promise to them to love them always and to lead them into abundant and eternal life as they come to know Jesus. We thank you for this great opportunity that you give us today to witness to the gospel in this way as it strengthens and encourages us all to be disciples of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. I'll give them back to you. Good job, guys. You may be seated. What a joy. Shouldn't we welcome them? Let's go to God in prayer. We know, Lord, that this is not over, this birthing. We know that there are always newer skies into which you can throw stars. And when we begin to think that we can predict your advent, that we can box up the Christ in a stable in Bethlehem, well, we know that that's just the time that you will be born in a place we can't imagine and and won't believe. This morning, Lord, we have unwrapped your greatest gift, and now we ask that you take away the tinsel and decorate our human hearts in hope so that we can be your light shining in the world because we know that no matter how long the darkness, you have sent your light, and despite cursing and violence and the massacring of human dignity, we will dance in the streets of Bethlehem because you are born Emmanuel and you are with us. What wonderful things shall you have us do, Lord? Shall we let those who are hungry know that you love them as we pass out a loaf of bread? Shall we embrace the homeless with blankets and clothing and a future as we shout from the mountaintops, Christ is born and hope lives? Shall we forgive grudges, walk the second mile and practice sacrificial love as we sing peace on earth and goodwill to all? Oh Lord, we pray that you would align our hands and feet with our mouths and let them all be aligned with your heart. You came to save us, and this is the path. Lead us perfect love, and we will follow dancing and singing your praise. Hear us, O Lord, and make us listen, even as we join our voices as one, praying the prayer the grown Christ child taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Christmas holy, fat, merry, on the west for 
A reading from the book of Isaiah. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Now a reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And here is a reading from the Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came, came into being, excuse me, and he, forgive me, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. 
What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The word of the Lord. During this Christmas season for a few weeks, the Baca household is hosting two young guests who both come from nations that speak languages other than English. One is a native Portuguese speaker. He also speaks Spanish and English. The other is a native Arabic speaker who also speaks English, therefore Helen and I can understand them. Language, words, are very important things. I've learned that lesson many times in my life, but about seven years ago on my first trip into Syria and Lebanon, I wanted to try to learn at least a few essential Arabic words and phrases. And so, one of the very first phrases that I learned was bedibuza. It means, I want ice cream. <laughs> I used that phrase actually quite a lot, but then it kind of started to get me in trouble because bedibuza sounds an awful lot like Bedibusa. Can you hear the difference there? I couldn't at first, but I learned because when you say Bedibusa, you're saying, I want ice cream. If you say Bedibusa, you're saying, I want a kiss. <laughs> Actually, Bill, sometimes it worked out pretty well. <laughs> Words are important. Language is important. How you say something and, of course, what you say is important. Let's think about words. Let's think about the word. Words, the words that you and I use, are really just symbols spoken and written that convey meaning. That's what they are. They have no particular value in and of themselves other than that which we attribute to them. But as we speak about the Word, the Word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth, we're speaking not just about a sound, not just about something written, but we're speaking about something that is alive, that is vital, that is active. In the Gospel according to John, John was writing and trying to explain Jesus Christ, the Messiah of the Hebrews, to non-Hebrew people. The early Christians struggled a bit to understand that Jesus was not just the Messiah for the Jews, but 
the Christ of God for everyone. And so John was trying to use some words and use some language that people who were not steeped in the Hebrew language and in Jewish theology could understand. And so he latched on to this word, word. <laughs> Logos is the Greek word. It's the word from which we get terms like logical. The f Greek word logos, and the, the lesson will stop here in just a second, but there will be a test later on. The Greek word logos is a word that the Greeks came up with, the philosophers of the day, to describe the principle of divine reason and creative order. Now think about that just a minute. Let me say it again. Let that seep into your soul. The logos is the principle of divine reason and creative order. Greek philosophers believe that, that God, if we are trying to describe God, God is reason, God is logic, God is intellect, God is creative power, God is the one who brings order to all things and the creation of all things. God is the one who brings meaning. It is through the Logos, who is God, that everything makes sense. John latched onto that idea as he tried to describe who Jesus was and what Jesus was all about. He's the one who expresses the divine reason, the creative order. He is the one in whom everything finally makes sense. That idea was picked up by other writers. The writer to the Hebrews said that God spoke to create all things, that God had been speaking, not just to speak the creation into existence, but God had been speaking through the prophets, and now finally God has spoken by a son. In speaking of the Logos, as John wrote his letter, he called to mind the idea that that this Jesus who was born of Mary and Joseph, this Jesus who lived and grew and learned the Word of God at the feet of His parents and in His synagogue, this Jesus who preached and taught and healed and forgave and loved and challenged the order of the day, this Jesus who willingly went to his death on the cross and his place in the grave, this Jesus who was raised by God, this Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the expression of, of divine reason, divine creative order. Now, that's a lot of language, but I came across a phrase recently that I think says it maybe better. Jesus is God spelling himself out in language we can understand. People ask me all the time about God. What is God like? What does God think? What is God doing? Who is God? And we really cannot completely and totally and finally explain God because God is bigger than us. God is 
beyond our intelligence, beyond our emotion, beyond our ability to comprehend. And so God, in God's love for us, expressed himself finally and fully in one whom we can understand. And so any question, every question that you and I might have about God and about us and about life and about all reality is fully expressed in a person, in Jesus. If you're worried about death and wondering what happens when we die, then all you need do is look at Jesus and His resurrection. If you're worried about life and wondering how to live life, all we need do is, is look at Jesus and we see a perfect human life. If you're not feeling loved or if you're having a hard time loving someone else, all you need do is, is look to the example and the teaching of Jesus. If you're wondering about your purpose in life or whether or not your life has any meaning whatsoever, all you need do is, is turn to Jesus. I could go on with that list, but everything that stirs around, that sometimes is troubled or lost or confused. Everything that goes on in your life in some way or other needs to be referred back always to this person, Jesus, because he is God spelling himself out in language we can understand. Well, I have a Christmas gift for you today. And that is that I'm going to stop saying words. Other than two words. But before I say those two words, let me say this. Let's stop saying things about Jesus and let's start following Jesus. He is God's gift to you. And now for the two words Merry Christmas.
what word will people hear from you today? Will you express and live out words of hope, words of forgiveness, words of peace, words of courage, words of strength, words that will build us up or tear us down. Share the word as you get to know him better, and you truly will then live out the meaning of Merry Christmas. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and always. Amen. Thank you.